And it's a beautiful day to have a beautiful day. A GM, GM on this beautiful day. But good morning, NFTs with Baroko Sepemando. Got the Alpha on Web 3, and it's all on Rock Radio. It's a beautiful day to have a beautiful day. A GM, GM Rock Radio. Yo, 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 what up, what up, what up? GM, GM, Wednesday, August 3rd, 2022, another beautiful day to have a beautiful day with the homies on stage, as usual, Rug Radio, GM NFTs, you know the vibes, OSF, Mando, Golden, I mean, OSF's on his way up, I sent him an invite, but Mando, Golden, <laughs> How y'all doing this morning? GM, GM. Beautiful day in Portugal. What about you? How's Montreal? It's great. It's great. I mean, I'm sure it's great. I'm looking at it from the inside, but it looks good. A little great today, but we've had sun for the last month and a half, so I'm not going to complain. Um, it's been great. <laughs> we were blessed with the summer. It is very hot. I believe we have another heat wave on the way this week, but uh, besides that, um, besides that, everything is amazing on this side of the world what's up ovi gm gm what's going on a lot <laughs> <laughs> i mean there is so much going on uh and for everybody listening uh let me just pin the titles as usual it's gonna be another fun show bottom right you can see the live thread uh of the show you can also share it um to let the people know we're live uh today on the show is gonna be an interesting one it's gonna be fun as usual, uh, we're going to go cover the macro and the daily uh, NFT summary. Uh, and then there was very large um, Solana private key exploit last night. Things we really don't love to see. Um, so um, so we're going we're gonna to cover that, of course. There's been a lot of information over the night, a lot of threads. Um, Ledger, I saw, got involved as well. So um, we're going to definitely discuss that for a minute. Uh, Magic Eden uh, comes to ETH. Some thoughts, uh, some general thoughts around maybe a conversation around marketplaces and whatnot, aggregators. I personally put a tweet about all this stuff yesterday. So we're going to ch chat about that, get some thoughts. And then do people even care about cross-chain NFTs? It's a question that I, I, I was thinking about spinning off of like, you know, the previous titles. Um, and I'm actually curious to have this conversation. And if people want to come up on stage, definitely have a talk with us, whether it's Solana, ETH, whatever. I just feel like, People who buy ETH NFTs buy ETH NFTs, and people who buy Solana NFTs buy Solana NFTs. I don't know about the cross-chain stuff, but it'll be interesting. And we have a special guest that's going to come up on stage with us, actually. Um, and he's the number one influencer on the chain. That's how he told me to introduce him. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Alexander. <laughs> Shillin Villain. You've probably seen his takes. Um, you've probably seen him across, across Twitter for sure. Uh, his whether it's his spaces or his his tweets, etc. So, Alex, it's a, it's it's a pleasure to have you join us uh, to on on the show this morning. How are you doing? Yo, I'm great. Uh, someone pointed out like just five minutes ago, I got flipped, so I'm number two influencer on all blockchains combined. Uh -oh. Apparently, Frank last night was. Let's get Frank up. Yeah, there. well, Frank. Yeah, right. we need to get Frank. Yeah, can we get Frank? Can I can get, get the number one. Get, get, what's the return policy? Here? <laughs> 
if you look at his if you look at his timeline, he tweeted about this. He he completely milked the last drop of what happened last night. So I fell asleep and he was milking. So I need to get back up on my my milk train. But yeah, dude, I I got I I got the number two now. Well, number sorry for for the false advertisement, everybody. We have the number two influencer on the chain. Um, in the- <laughs> it's still cool. I mean, it's still cool, you know. <laughs> I mean, I promised number one to our audience, so I feel bad now. So, Sheila, you're gonna have to put a couple of tweets out and catch up. This is not great. Uh, I'm just kidding. Obviously, Frank has been helping a lot on the whole Solana and hack side, and I know they had a drop that was supposed to happen, didn't happen because of this. But yeah, so it's it's a pleasure to have you. Uh, I know you have some takes. Some are spicy, some less spicy, and that's why I picked the titles to kind of go around things that I know you're going to enjoy uh, chatting about. And I, of course, we have Nas here because when we're going to get to the Solana exploit, I think we're definitely going to need you. I'm you Nas texting me, guys. He's like, yo, I worked on this thing till 3 in the morning, figure out what the hell is going on. So it's uh, it's uh, it's pretty – It's the state of it is pretty bad. Alex, I guess it was really started happening while we were on Spaces last night. Um, and after that, I started looking after our space, and I was like, whoa, like this is not good. Um, so – we're definitely going to cover that. And again, give a couple of security reminders. feels like we have to do these every other day now on the show. It's it's not fun, but we got to make them. It's important. But before we get into the whole conversation side thing, definitely want our usual market report. Before that. Daily market report. Brought to you by Rub Radio. Okay, what's the word? Yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's nice and green across the board today. Um, equities are up. NASDAQ is up 1.5%. S&P 500 is up 1%. Interest rates have had a huge, 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 huge sell-off. Um, two years back to 315 basis points, so almost back to the highs of the year. Um, 10 years back to 280. The curve hasn't changed. The curve is still inverted, and... Um, oil is actually uh, lower again today, so it's still showing like all this like classic recession vibe stuff. But um, the absolute level um, across the board is actually uh, is actually higher. So there's, there's been a big parallel move there, higher. Um, crypto is back up today, which is nice to see. Uh, Bitcoin is back above twenty three k. ETH is almost at seventeen hundred. ApeCoin is up a lot. It seems like this is a delayed reaction to the Gucci and, and Tag Heuer stuff yesterday. Um, but I'm, you know, as we discussed yesterday, I'm not really surprised by that move. I wouldn't be surprised if it actually continues to have legs here. Um, but yeah, it's all, it's all kind of looking good today. I guess like people are just shrugged off the US, China, Taiwan stuff. Um, and we'll just wait to see what happens on Friday with the payrolls number. But yeah, it just uh, seems like a bit of a bounce today. Well, that's the things that we like to hear. I like to hear that. Um, I saw Mando bull tweet this morning saying, just a reminder, the merge is about a month away. You know, you can't stop technology. Right, Mando? I like that take. Yeah, like it's kind of weird. For some reason, um, I just kind of forgot how close it was. Like, I think it's mid-September they're talking Bro, it's about. Just, it's already August. Like, it's wild how exactly. tight. Now we're in August. It's really not that far away. Um, I, I think people are go back and forth about whether that, exact event is going to be you know buy the rumor sell the facts um but i do think long term obviously that's super bullish 
um, it sets the foundations for a lot of what we are kind of hoping to see uh, for the next, I don't know, years in um, in EVM chains and Ethereum uh, particularly. So yeah, I, th- I think that's definitely long-term bullish for, for the whole space. I, um, I It feels as though um, increasingly it's now looking like the US is, is looking in slightly better shape than it was um, maybe a month ago. I think there was some like ISM data which came out today, which is a little bit better than expected. And um, you had one of the Fed chair, not the actual chair, but one of the vice chairs coming out and saying he thinks they're going to get a soft landing. So maybe, maybe we get a soft landing. Maybe it's not going to be that bad a recession. Um, and if that's the case, then that's not a terrible environment for stocks. Well, there you go. How's, how How is it on the whole, like, uh, macro? I want to hear, because obviously on the crypto NFT side, we get to that in a second, and we usually talk about this all the time. How are the macro looking? Um, and why the hell did Pelosi need to go to Taiwan when she could have just used Zoom? Um, that's something I don't know. But <laughs> how are things looking on the macro side? You mean, like, on the po- politics side? She, she's got... Um, she went to Taiwan. I, mean, I think she's already left. Macro, right? Like, directly slash... Yeah. No way. Look, it's a lot of rhetoric right now. I think China basically is going to do military exercises all around Taiwan. It looks like they closed off some of the um, the airspace for civilian aircraft. Um, they've done this before. Um, similarly, when the House um, Speaker of the House went to the US, I think in the nineties. I think at the time it was like Newt Gingrich or, or someone. Um, so this isn't this isn't unprecedented as a response. Um, look, China has obviously built up a massive military force and has massively uh, outnumbers Taiwan in this in this scenario. Um, so, I don't know, it remains to be seen. That's still that's still going to be a flashpoint, I think, for the next few years. Like, the, the idea that China might eventually invade Taiwan, I think they've got an election coming up. Right now, the, um, the leading party is pro-independence. Um, I think there's some talk about... the. Uh, around the next election, which could be some point in the next two years, China may may try and make a move to try and invade Taiwan, or at least that's been that's been talked about. Obviously, they did something similar in Hong Kong. Um, Hong Kong was a slightly less um, independent place than than Taiwan, arguably, um, but uh, perhaps less controlled. Um, Taiwan is 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 recognised by many many countries as an independent. Uh, country in itself so i think if they invaded taiwan they would they would probably get international condemnation from a bunch of different places but it's difficult to say like they they clearly have a lot of power right now china um and they're probably looking at what's happening in russia and ukraine thinking they can probably they could probably do something similar it's all about the semiconductors gm i still have my answer though couldn't she get on zoom so she's she's been um she's <laughs> been well, She's no, been Taiwan's advocate for years. GM, GM, hi, beautiful. <laughs> GM, beautiful. Listen, so she's been uh, Taiwan's advocate for years. Um, that's all I know. So uh, according to Mr. Robert Kiyosaki's tweet, she's been Taiwan's advocate for years. Unlike Joe and Hunter Biden, who are communists, China's best trading partners, we need more leaders like Pelosi, not more Bidens. Even though he doesn't like her, he made sure to tweet that out. And Robert Kiyosaki is very smart, if you don't know who uh, that is. Hot takes this morning. Hot takes this morning. Uh, things you love to see. One thing's for sure is she's a great trader. Uh, and so she should definitely make her way to the NFT space so we can copy trade her wallets. Um, and so on the... <laughs> 
dude. 100%. 100%. She'll make you rich. You may as well be getting on that. I'm telling you, we're going up. We're going to have a thousand eggs, bro. Pelosi is dingling. <laughs> yeah, the second Pelosi starts buying NFTs, bro. I'm <laughs> tracking that shit on Nancy. Sorry, P- oh. Pelosi is 6529, confirmed. Well, <laughs> Oh my god. All right. And so and so on the Oh my god. That was funny. Um on the today's gonna be hot and spicy just the way you like to see it. Um on the NFT side, uh Mando, I'm looking at the same thing you are on the flips top thirty of the day. The biggest gainer being uh super cool world, uh Nina Chanel, massive pranksy sweep yesterday to point eight, I think. And then a pump to 1.1 ETH floor, which is a little over 2x mint because the mint was 0.5 Ether. Um, I think it's fair to say this is arguably one of the most successful trad art uh, entrants into the space. I don't know what you yeah. guys. I, 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 we were texting it. about it. That's why I'm mentioning it now again. But like, so initially, yeah. initially went below mint, um, and it was during a time where there were a bunch of different mints, and it didn't really yeah. go that well. And then just started slowly creeping up, and then Prankty did a massive sweep. And it's from what we've heard, I think even what you've heard is that they've done a really good job at onboarding traditional um, collectors into that ecosystem. Not not even just the Goda pass, but also the Nina Chanel drop. So um, I think it's getting a lot of support. That's really good to see, um, to see traditional art collectors coming in. They clearly know her as, um, as an artist in the space, a very well-respected artist in the space. So uh, I think you will now likely see a, a number of other respected artists maybe even go through Goda or, or maybe even try and follow a similar uh, similar path. But that's um, that's something that I wasn't particularly expecting during this bear market, that we're starting to attract uh, some of the main buyers, including in Artblocks, Punks, um, and now this, are they're coming from the traditional art world. And that's that hasn't really been a narrative for a long time. I have to say, I'm I'm really. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm impressed. Like, um, I uh, I didn't think it would be as successful as it was, um, because I just didn't think there was appetite for, for buying that kind of stuff. And you're right, this has been like the most successful. I think the most successful, like traditional art, traditional artist to Web three artists, and like you know, hats off to the Go to team to Nina. Like they've. They went to like to go below min and then come back and then get to north of one ETH and for something that is just like just an art project, I think is is a big, especially in this market as well. I think is a really big achievement and um, yeah, like, like congratulations to that team. I think they've done really really well and I think it's also um, yeah, I think I've tweeted about this um, a lot over the last couple of weeks, but like there's so much focus right now on art in the NFT world, whether it's like one of ones on super rare, whether it's like editions and now Nina's edition is doing really well. Like people are, people who are committing large capital right now, whether it's art blocks, even punks, I'll classify that in, in the art category. Like people who are committing big capsule right now, they're not buying like um, profile picture mania or random, like um, web three startups, like based off NFT collections. They're actually just buying art. That's where all the money is going right now. And, I think it will continue. I think it continues through through the summer, to be honest with you. Yeah, I see the punk in the eighth floor now seven ETH away. Um, there was a massive, massive gap at some point over 50 ETH. Uh, actually, actually, in eighth at some point was more than two punks. 
Um, and uh, and so we're seeing that gap close down also as punks are defined more and more as fine art. You heard it from Noah, who's a brand leader for CryptoPunks. I think it was yesterday morning, the morning before. Sorry, t- days go by so quick. I forget. Was it yesterday? No, because now my brain hurts. It was yesterday. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but it's uh, it's really been impressive. Aside from Nina, like, you know, from the trade arts, like we saw what the Rocket Factory Tom size was successful. And, and just, I mean, the currency I consider was an extremely successful project one year later. It was a huge success. So it's good to see. And of course, the reason I was saying they're grinding in the back, like in talent, Todd, you know, who comes from traditional art background, we had them on the show. So that's why we know this. Like he's, he's, he's onboarding, you know, traditional collectors into that using Nina Chanel. So we'd love uh, to see that. And so this is going to be super bullish for their next drop, which is probably why the Godam impasses are, are really pumping hard. Uh, on the other side of things, uh, aside from potatoes, uh, I'm not seeing a lot of stuff uh, gain a lot of traction. Uh, I see Ledger is a top gainer today. Um, uh, the oddities, but they're just back to one ETH. I think they were two something at some point. Um, our 10KTF Stockroom, Treeverse, that's Lupify who recently put a teaser out for their first for their first gaming trailer. Shout out to Lupify. I know he's been just grinding in the background, etc. And yeah, just the usual suspects. Is there anything you guys saw or seeing or you know are seeing coming that I have that I'm missing? Well, one thing for you, I just want to give huge props as well to the, the Go team on that because we talked about this a lot. Like, and you guys hit it right on. Like, they didn't come into the space saying, hey, we want to sell as much as we can to the current people here and extract from the market. They're actually focusing on, like, how do we really bring new people into the ecosystem? And, like, that can't be emphasized enough. And I really think, like, if brands are out there, big IP are out there listening, like, that's the way you should do it. Not saying like, oh, these people have a lot of disposable income. Let's sell them a product. Yeah, they did good. I mean, it's always good. Like you, sometimes you go like, oh, 0.5 ETH, eh, but it was like when ETH was lower. You're like, well, what happens to this raise? And then when the floor goes to X, there's not much you can say, right? It's just like, well, you know, it's it's definitely successful. So uh, they've crushed it with that. So it's good that we, you know, I, I, the reason why we're highly highlighting it and I highlighted it again this morning is because if we're going to talk bad or certain way about certain people entering the space good to highlight the ones doing it properly um because it's a good example and i know people listen to the shows etc so it's good to see uh some traction uh now i'm going to transition to the solana side uh we have nas here etc we've seen a lot of threads i'm not gonna lie it's very hard to navigate um which threads have the proper information which ones don't i personally read a really good thread last night uh, from Emin Gun, who is uh, who is the um, who is the founder and CEO of AVA Labs, uh, and uh, and so he put a really good thread yesterday on you know what's going on, saying that there's an ongoing attack targeting the Solana ecosystem right now. Seven thousand plus wallets affected and rising at twenty per minute because it's very early and the attack is ongoing. There's a lot of misinformation, speculation. So here's a few thoughts and clarification. So he shared his thoughts. That was last night. Then I went on this morning. Um, and read uh, a thread by by Tolly saying that it seems like an iOS supply chain attack. Multiple plausible wallets that only receive soul and had no interactions beyond receiving have been affected. So there's a lot of different information. 
Uh, it's not just iOS. It's also Android, which raises the question, are we ready for, for crypto on our mobile phones, actually? We, should, we can talk about that. But Nas, um, I'm going to go to you quick on that one just so you can give us maybe the, the, the TLDR on the technical side of what actually happened. If people are curious and if you're if you're scared right now, I hope you've moved everything out of your phantom wallets and whatnot. And please, like, ledger up. Right from the official website, not eBay, not secondhand. Make sure it's sealed and everything. But it's like I noticed a lot of people on the Solana side were saying, "Oh, damn! I need to move to I need to move my stuff off a hot wallet." And clearly, a lot of people had stuff on hot wallets, so um, it's really not good. It doesn't matter if it's on it's a couple a thousand dollar NFT this or that. Just like you know, secure your assets, please. Nice. I'm gonna go to you on that one. That's great. Thanks, uh, Farouk. So yeah, the so pretty much what happened is that uh, many wallets started at the same time signing transactions that were pretty much withdrawing their funds into four different addresses. The scale of it was uh, pretty huge. Um, it didn't look like uh, anything like a you know like a um, a fake mint or something like this. It it was truly like a, a huge scale. It started with, uh, I believe it was around like four, uh, 4,000 uh, addresses, and it kept growing again and again and again. Sometimes multiple um, multiple withdrawals per addresses, uh, like in several times. And so what we, and, and these were actual withdrawals, not, uh, not you know, delegated uh, uh, permissions or anything. It was actually uh, signed with yeah, the, uh, the, the product. It was wallets. It was insane, right? You didn't have to exactly. sign anything. Exactly. And so the thing that we, uh, that we realized very quickly was that um, it, 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 it truly looks like a natural key compromise at this point. I don't think that there is any, um, that there is any doubt it doesn't look like a phishing campaign um, because the, the 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 transactions were actually signed and they keep getting signed by people who are not on their phone essentially or like nowhere. And the idea being that on some of the platforms, it is pretty much impossible for you to leak your um, private key essentially. So. You know, we, we're seeing it's also very disturbing because we're seeing uh, addresses. So it's very hard to get the, the right information. So if you are if you are essentially providing information about and you were affected and you were providing information about the, the kind of like your setup, please be very specific because for us, it's very hard to understand um, the portion of iOS, the portion of Android, the portion of macOS, Windows. Linux, like anything that you might be using, you need to be extremely specific about which browser, which operating system, etc. Because you know we're investigating malwares um, and like a, like a very successful like malware campaign across platforms. Where um, it, it looks like the supply chain attack uh, is the cheapest way to achieve this. Um, uh, this uh, that that would that that's a bit hard to explain the scale because the scale is actually right between the two. Like when you have 10,000 addresses that were compromised, it's not two, 
right? It's not like two, three, four addresses of like big whales that were uh, that were affected, and it's not in the hundreds of thousands, right? So it's a bit hard to understand what is potentially like a cryptographic failure, what is a supply chain attack, and for uh, I'd like to explain like uh, also the, the the terms that I'm using because I think that a lot of people didn't understand exactly what a supply chain attack is. So a supply chain attack is essentially um, whenever you produce um, some application, some software, right, that is going to appear in the App Store, like, uh, you know, an update to, to Chrome, etc. This program actually comes from, is the result of many steps uh, of, uh, you know, code uh, that is being added to some code base. Um, this code is being tested, it's being built, it's being promoted across test environments, and then it's being deployed uh, or pushed to um, an app store, say. And a supply chain attack is essentially the process as an attacker to inject yourself somewhere in this entire process. And it's fairly easy to do so because there are so many steps and some of them are uh, very hard essentially to monitor. So what we're thinking right now is that it could be, so whenever you write code, um, the say Phantom or like other folks, they, no one that, like uh, people rarely write the entire code themselves. They tend to import and to reuse um, third-party external, uh, you know, pieces of code that we call libraries, which are kind of like dependencies, right, that, that, that people import. And so these dependencies have their own dependencies and again and again. And so you end up kind of like a, you end up with this system where you as a developer sometimes have to trust the code of other people or you have to trust the code that other people trusted, right? And so there is this very complex uh, process of uh, auditing, essentially, the, the external code that you import for key generation, for signing transactions, for uh, displaying information to, um, you know, to users about the amount that they're approving and all that type of information. And so our best guess is that an attacker successfully injected themselves within one or several of these external dependencies that were actually imported across wallets, essentially. All of them seem to be using JavaScript um, and all of them seem to be using uh, the same libraries for quite a few things. And so yesterday, um, so I, I was in a call until 3 a.m. with uh, the Solan, people from the Solana Foundation, uh, Phantom, other wallets, other tr trust wallets, and, and others. Slope. And what we noticed when doing the intersection of the the the, the dependencies that were um, imported by all the, the the affected wallets, the the intersection is actually gigantic, and a lot of people were taking hours to kind of go through. Uh, all of these dependencies that are shared across uh, all these components that are shared across uh, all the wallets. And so it's taking a lot of time. It's a very painful process. Um, it's also happening across versions uh, of the, the software. 
and across platforms. So some of the addresses are as old as uh, 2020, and some of them are as recent as like uh, essentially days ago. So it is crazy. So it's actually happening across. Yeah, it's actually happening across versions of wallets and across platforms, etc. So, um, you know, we're it, it takes a lot of time to go through uh, to go through all these things. I think that there is going to be some incidents response as well that is going to happen. Essentially, um, working with third party companies to um, to see if somehow the attackers manage to. Uh, compromise the systems of the actual companies and gain access to maybe the, 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 the servers on which the applications are being built. So whenever the code is ready, you know, it, it gets built essentially before being pushed to the App Store. And maybe they had access to that, with, which are things that we've seen North Korea do quite a bit in the past. Um, and so it's it, it's very hard. But we don't, uh, we don't, uh, we don't know yet if it it could even be like a an, an issue with, um, you know, uh, poor key generation and so on. We're we're seeing a lot of uh, a lot of issues coming from very different sources, and it would be very weird to and and very unlikely to have um, to have a key generation uh, misfunction across that many devices. Uh, so we'll we're still looking into it. So uh, by the way. Uh, I think that there were like Android, uh, like I see like in the pin tweet, like iOS. Uh, I've seen reports. It was of, Android as well. Yeah, he, he clarified. Yeah, Android. And some people, like very few people reported on um, on uh, Chrome only, but it's it's also very mm-hmm. hard to, to validate. So um, I'm not sure about this one. Yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> it's uh, it's tough. There's, uh, there's this other thread um, that's been... Um, being updated in, in real time by officer, <clears throat> sorry, officer underscore CIA. He's, he's been really just checking everything out. So everybody, if you want to learn more from this, um, so that's that's what happened last night. Um, I think it's is it still it's not ongoing, right? Or is it still um, is it still happening? Nas, is it, is it? I haven't checked the numbers uh, to be honest. Like I just woke up. I need to I need to to check on Dune. Um, if someone else has the information, happy to see. But like, I think that it was, it stopped at some point yesterday. At which point, like, I, I pretty much like went to bed. But the the thing that was weird is that they were kind of like adding addresses as yeah, they went. So crazy. Fubar, do you have the? Uh, do you have the? the oh, Fubar's here. I, I, I love that Fubar's here. Just hey, everybody hey, be hey. quiet. Let Fubar talk. Good morning. <laughs> no. Yeah, look at that. DM. Fubar, I feel yeah. like we're spending our time together in uh, spaces these days. I know. I, f- I feel I mean, like I'm just. If these exploits keep happening every other freaking day, it's gonna. We're gonna need a show called this, like. This, this feels more Fubar, like a like, bar crawl YouTube. than anything else. Just crawl from <laughs> spaces to spaces. It's like, oh, this 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 hack has a has a new element to it. Let's try. Let's try this one. It has vintage. Ni- as long vintage as Salon is broken, we're gonna have to keep hearing from you. So, so Fubar, I, I know it's hard to explain in terms that are maybe like appeal more to the mainstream audience and for people to really understand uh, what uh, what what's up. But on your end, uh, is is everything like fixed up, or is it still some concerns over over what's happened on that end? Yeah, it does look like the attacks themselves have slowed. So um, that doesn't mean that 
Um, that doesn't mean that things are necessarily guaranteed safe, for example, but the last transfer for one of the attacker accounts was 12 hours ago. And then they came in seven hours ago and grabbed two more. Um, but it does look like things are sitting tight. Total damage in the three to three to eight million range, which obviously is not great, but does look relatively confined. We came off a hack of two hundred million yesterday. So the the tricky thing about this one is is it looks like it hit a lot of mobile users who had small amounts. So while the total blast radius was low. We had a lot of people who might have been their first experience with crypto where they were just trying to onboard and stuck a few hundred bucks into a phantom wallet and didn't even do anything wrong. Looks like got stuff drained of their without interacting with any phishing sites or whatnot. So I do I do feel a bit for the people who um, were trying to we're trying to just tinker with the ecosystem and happen to deal with a bad wallet in terms of what the actual attack vector was that's still looking a little unclear but what does seem settled is that it was not say a phishing or an approval attack but some sort of private key link um, where 8,000 different private keys were acquired by a somewhat unsophisticated actor now there's been a lot of info going around about um say, a potential Rust malware thing that became public a couple of weeks ago or GitHub repos that were compromised. But yeah, the, the exact vector is still up in the air, but it does, I guess, to TLDR, it looks like the worst of the blast radius is over for now. So people can... Good. Can yeah, it looks like it, it actually stopped. And it's I just checked. It stopped at 5 I was not right. Thank God. Um, Shillin, was your wallet safe? Are you all good on the soul side? Uh, yeah, dude, they checked my wallet. They saw that, you know, my PFPs are rugged. They saw it in there. They said, we're actually probably going to lose money just in the Solana gas transaction, taking it out of this wallet. <laughs> so I was safe. I was, I, was, I was walking my dog. The wallet drain was happening. I was like, okay, I'm actually in the clear here for this one for once. So I'm sorry anyone that lost money. But yeah, dude, I was fortunate enough to just only own rugs. Yeah, these claws walled. You're like, no, we're good. All right, next one. Uh, I have, I have and- a question, real quick, if, I, if you don't mind, for for Fubar. Good. I've been hearing you on Spaces and shit all night. By the way, can, like, thank you for being the hero that you are, just helping people. But I'm not a tech person, so I'm not sure if I'm going to ans- ask this the right way. But is there a possibility? Because um, I was asking my tech friends, like, yo, what's the common denominator? And um, a couple of them said that. It seems to be Magic Eden, but I don't know if that's far off because so many people have their wallets connected and already signed. Is that way off? Like, what, I don't know if I'm well, asking you right. What I can say is it's highly unlikely it's Magic Eden as the commonality. Um, I have I know several sophisticated friends who used mobile wallets never and never even touched NFT stuff um, just for sending and receiving Sol. And they still got drained. Um, and, and I've also, I know that um, there was someone on the Solana Labs team themselves who also had a wallet that did no NFT stuff that was also drained. So I don't, I don't think it's a Magic Eden issue. Cool. Thank but you for that. Thanks for asking. Yeah, we, wow. That's, uh, it, it's that's ruled out. It's wild. actually like, a, it's, a, it's at the wallet level. 
um, it's it's pretty confirmed that like it's at the wallet level. It's a phantom then, problem, right? Yeah. It's not a phantom problem. It's a it's like across wallets, like a, like a three different wallets were actually hit as far as we know. Um, but the the common denominator is uh, seems to be either like key generation, signing, logging of keys, and that's that's pretty much like these three things. So we don't know wow. if it's wow. a, if it's like you know key generation. Uh, we don't know if it's like the the randomness of the 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 the, the key that was that was uh, that was not great. Um, it could be also like an issue with the actually the signing is also unlikely because we discovered 400 wallets that didn't sign a transaction that only got deposited into so it kind of rolls out the the, the signing part uh, so now it seems okay. to be more on the key generation part so for just for everyone I, I pinned the tweet because I guess Ledger just ended up going live I think it was earlier this morning yeah and uh, and they um, they uh they had this whole thing on uh, they're saying the recent Solana exploit has left many wondering how they can keep their assets safe. So they made a whole thing on how to safeguard your assets. It's just an hour long. Uh, and also it seems like they even made a code move sold to ledger anyways for some percentage. So please just like point being like, just I pinned it, go to the ledger. If you want to learn how to really save your safeguard your assets, it's just an hour of your time to save your bank. Okay. Cause you hold your bank inside of your home. So you better, you know, really make sure that's secure. So again, we're making another security reminder. We're going to need a jingle just for a damn security reminder that we started making on the show every other day because we're seeing hacks on hacks on hacks, sadly. But stakes are high and the bad actors are, are coming out even more. So be very, very careful, please. Yo, and, hacks you, on hacks you, on hacks. Did you sing a song about hardware wallets broke? I I, that, I can't. That, that would make my day. Are, are you sure you want to hear that? I don't know. I don't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Baroque, you should, because it will stay in my head like the cat milk video. I mean, he oh kind of did God. already. Battle, right? battle raps about Ledger versus Trezor also welcome. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, if someone wants to write a song for that, you're more than welcome, and we'll play on the space. Baroque, but... don't let him sell you short. You already did. I mean, the remix, Hacks on Hacks on Hacks. That shit is hot. Hacks on Hacks on Hacks. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Actually, that's not bad. Uh, and then, so on the on the on so still on. It's kind of still pertaining to Solana, but we do have a special guest, uh, Alex, with us uh, this morning. Uh, Magic Eden yesterday um, announced that they are crossing over to ETH. Uh, they announced that they're going to be uh, supporting, you know, Ethereum projects. They even changed their name to Magic Ethan. Um, obviously that campaign went pretty well. When you look at numbers, you're looking at 324,000 views, like 4,000 something retweets, you know, 9,000 likes. Uh, so obviously it seems like it was, it, uh, it was, um, it was uh, received pretty well. And, uh, and so that was kind of quite the big news. Uh, we're seeing someone come in and try to, you know, another competitor, uh, to, to open here, uh, enter the space. I definitely want to hear some thoughts across the board here. On what we think uh, of this as a whole, I'm gonna go to Mando Ovi if you guys have some thoughts, and then I'm gonna to Alex because I definitely know you have some thoughts on all of this. Houston, check Did, check. I thought oh, you were, sorry, Mando sorry. and OSF. Uh, They're so both they decided to leave no, this I, time I, without leaving. I, I <laughs> just assumed OSF would want to talk about Magic Eden, given the of he course he loves that. I mean, he's always on the calls, right? Always. Yeah. Um, look, OSF I, I is think a magic even simp. 
I think a lot of people knew that they were coming to to ETH, right? I think it was known for like weeks and weeks. Um, and I think they're going to do a good job of it. Like, I think um, people love their community. OpenSea clearly is neglected, like the um, the community, at least in terms of their relationship with a bunch of different collectors. And um, they've also been exposed because they obviously lock so many different assets um, at the moment. Um, and that's caused a big, big tension between um, collectors and the platform right now. So I think this was prime time for them to come in. Um, I still think that like this massive network effects from having one major um, exchange for each, uh, like we have, you have other, other exchanges, right? Like looks rare or XTY2, or even there are some free exchanges like the G money one, for example. And actually the volume that happens on them is still relatively low. Um, and that's just because people find it easier to find liquidity in one place. So I think it's still going to be difficult to break down monopolies. Um, but I think Magic Eden's in, in a good spot to, to be able to do that, I reckon. And um, yeah, look, let's see, let's see what happens. I do think aggregators will probably um, play in a very important role in their ability to slowly like take, um, take volume away from, from OpenSea. Yeah, I agree on the aggregator side. Ovi, I think you were rugged. Yeah, uh, can you guys hear me now? For... Yes, Hello? sir. Okay, cool. You guys can hear me, right? Yep. Yeah, we can okay, hear you. Perfect, perfect. Um, yeah, look, I think um, I think that there is a massive opportunity in the market for another marketplace. Um I don't know what OpenSea's market share is right now, like maybe something with somewhere in between like 60 and 80%, whatever it is. But like, the fact of the matter is like the actual product of OpenSea is not really that good. And they've been very clearly focused on expanding their cross-chain product to um, gain market share across other chains. And look, their customer service sucks. The usability of it sucks. The fact that they like um, freeze assets on it sucks. It's not decentralized. So like no one actually likes the product, but because it's, the first product that came out, they had the first mover advantage and all the liquidity is on there, even though there are other marketplaces that are zero fees. And like, for example, we have our own bespoke marketplace for Rekt Guy and all my additions and art. Um, and it's zero marketplace fees instead of 2.5% on OpenSea, but no one uses it because they're not liquid. All the liquidity is on OpenSea. So there's a huge opportunity in the market because of like how not good, not great OpenSea's product is for someone to come in and do it well. Coinbase obviously had the best opportunity and it was definitely hyped up. People were excited about it, but they, they just fucked it up because they had no idea what they were doing or they were advised extremely poorly. Um, but I think with the introduction of Magic Eden, who have been successful on Solana, they have greater Solana volumes than OpenSea and it's very community driven. I know some of us here involved in Solana, like I personally am not, I've never touched it, um, but there's a huge community around it um, and that's something that I think they're bringing to the table when they come across to Ethereum and look, you're going to be able to buy ETH NFTs in Sol, you're going to be able to buy Sol NFTs in ETH. And I think that should theoretically create some, uh, some cross pollination and, you know, it will remain to be seen, but I think, um, I think they have a good shot, you know, I think they have a good shot of, of if, it, if it's done well and if it's community first and, um, they're focusing on doing it the right way and being more responsive and reactive than OpenSea, then, you know, there's a good shot of them taking some market share and, I don't think they'll be the only ones. I think there'll be more marketplaces that will come probably from the exchanges. And like I said, like anyone who can come in and show that they actually have 
real customer service, are actually listening to the community, like doing all the things that Looks Rare have done just without all, yeah. all the wash trading that they have and without the securities issues. Um, I think uh, I think they have a good, a real good chance to, to take market share. And so I want to go to Alex here. Um, Alex, you're obviously fully focused on the Solana side and you have a large audience there. My question is, first, I want to, I'd love to hear your thoughts on them moving in here because I think you were... Um, you were like, uh, you were more on the thought that, you know, they should maybe focus on their own, like, you know, the niche that they have with Solana, et cetera. And also uh, the other question I'm posing to have a conversation on right now, um, cause we have quite some time is do Solana people actually give a shit about buying ETH NFTs and vice versa? Honestly, I know some people are curious about them, but do they really care? Alex definitely want to give you the mic here. Yeah, dude, it's so funny. Like both ecosystems, like, do we care? Do you care? I don't know, bro. Yeah, so no one on Solana. I always ask, like, hey, what are we looking at on ETH? No one knows what the fuck we're looking at on ETH. Do we can't even keep up with Solana? So I don't know how we can like. It's really hard to do multi-chain because like how much shit's going on in both chains. But dude, yeah, like if we just take like in history, like we're looking like Coinbase implemented NFTs that didn't really do anything. We had FTX implement NFTs that didn't really do anything. We had, okay, but those two are like two different things, right? Those are like not really NFT marketplaces. So let's like look at one, the one example of Solana being added to OpenSea. That didn't do anything. So now we're adding ETH to Magic Eden. I personally don't think it does anything. And someone already alluded to it. Like you have like vampire taxes, is like looks rare, which we think incentivizes people to trade on there. Didn't work. Then you have XY. I think it's XY. I don't know. I always mix up the letters. XY2, yeah. X2, yeah, so you have that also, like, another vampire attack where they're attacking, like, the, the market royalty, and that had zero effect. So it's really hard to get that initial liquidity off of the originating first mover advantage. So it happened on – it happened. Magic Eden flipped the uh, slot, but that's only because they were so poor that it was easy to flip. But, like, OpenSea already has a liquidity on there. you got to really find how are you going to do that. But there is, like, almost like a 10 to 1 ratio. So even if Magic Eden doesn't take – all the market share there's just so much market share to just take away from like because even do you want me to mix up the name x2y2 is it x2y2? you're fine and you got it right but you're totally fine yeah. okay yeah, yeah so even that's outperforming magic eden and like the transaction obviously is really high on some but there's just not that liquidity so if they can even just get a couple of transactions on eth just to happen on magic eden like that's a, that's going to be a big win for them but yeah, I did say like, yo, they should really focus on their own shit first before they move on because I think there's already like some issues that they are just like sweeping under the rug in my opinion, like their launch pad. There's, there's just like a lot of stuff that I think they should work on before they're implementing it. It feels like they're biting off more than they can chew. Personally, I could be completely wrong. They have a lot of developers, so they can make it happen. I'm curious to see what happens. It sounds like to me though, dude, like both ecosystems, I'm asking you, like, are you excited for Soul NFTs? Because that would be like, if no. you're like a maxi you're like okay we got these now they're going to be on this marketplace they're going to see the Solana nfts are they excited sounds like no and then you're asking like are the solana people do sounds like no like i was asking you last night like which one should i buy because i think we're going to see a small price bump i guess that's what everyone's thinking like okay we're getting added there's gonna be more liquidity maybe so there's a small price bump but like thinking about like when it happened the other direction it, it was like literally the the i guess like the short-term top so i think that's what's going to happen you're gonna see a short-term top and this is going to dip and this is going to come back to where, where, uh, where it started. So I think you could like right now probably buy in when you see the implementation instantly sell and then buy back in again later. So I, that would be like just going off previous history. But obviously history isn't anything to prove like future transactions. 
No, that those those points make a lot of sense. I, I I share the I share your 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 sentiment on the whole like soul eat side. That's why I was actually really curious when I came on your stage last night. And I was yeah I was sharing some thoughts, but you had a stage full of more of the Solana crowd, and I was curious like it's there's a complete disconnect between the two. Like we even had Frank one on stage right, and I was listening to him the way he was like maybe asking him more about the way he invests, and it's not just the way they see things. It's like a complete other world. Like I see a lot of Solana is mostly like a lot of the 10k communities. A lot of degening, you know, the Solana Casino is always open and there's a lot of stuff. And I think you cover a lot of it. Like, <laughs> you know, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, diff- just a lot, right? And then on this side of things, I see things a lot different because you have very big emphasis on the art side. And then you have the 10K degenments as well on this side, but maybe not as much or maybe it's not a, as big of the, of an importance of the culture. So I have trouble thinking that even the Solana crowd will be interested in buying ETH NFTs, especially with the price difference between ETH and Solana. But I could be completely wrong, by the way. And also, I have trouble side seeing the ETH crowd just go on sold because of that. Because if you're from ETH, right, and you wanted to buy Solana NFTs, and you could have always done it. Like, I started buying last December because I was curious and I wanted to buy Solana NFTs. Well, I went on Magic Eden because as a buyer, I don't really care. And that's what I was saying last night. I don't personally really care about the platform buying on because anyways, I use aggregators. And that's something Mandel said. That was my thoughts last night. I was saying, and I pinned it, bring on the marketplace competition. It's better for us anyways. The more they fight for our attention and the more and, um, and our money, the more they are forced to incentivize us. Then I followed up with, I also don't care who's better at what. I'll still use an aggregator at the end of the day. So I'm actually ultra bullish on what Uniswap is going to come up with now that they acquire Genie. Um, to see what's going to happen. OpenSea bought gems, so we'll see what happens there. But it's uh, it's really what I'm most bullish on uh, with that. But again, um, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Uh, Blackboard, King Blackboard, I think I saw you on mute earlier. Or maybe not. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> I was just getting the workout set in. I'm back, though. What do you think? You're ETH maximalist. I believe you do like Duncan on Solana here and there. Here and there. I see you. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that the NFT space has 99 problems, but exchanges ain't one is the kind of where I see it. Uh, there's, a, there's a ton of places to buy NFTs. Right now, we don't have enough people that actually want to buy NFTs. Uh, Magic Eden is making a smart move, uh, obviously, adding the primary chain NFTs to their collection is going to give them a lot of opportunity to rake in additional fees. So I think it's, I think it's a good idea, but... As far as moving the needle, I think they're going to have a tough time convincing uh, people to list there. I think that the only ways that are going to make sense are similar to what LooksRare did. Uh, listing rewards, incentivizing, possibly token drops. Um, so in that sense, if the marketplaces are competing with each other to earn our business, it's definitely a big positive for us in general. Uh, but I think if they think that people are just going to go there and they're, you know, it's a flat fee difference. They, they charge roughly the same and there's no incentive to list. Like Mando and OSF said, I mean, people are going to follow liquidity, right? You, you're listing an NFT, it costs you gas to list and you want to uh, list with the intention of it actually selling. And right now, OpenSea gives you your best chance and, you know, it gets swept up by a bunch of the aggregators, Genie, Gem, X, X2Y2. So I think Magic Eden is going to have to uh, go with the listing rewards strategy. I mean, looks where I wrote the playbook. Magic Eden has a bigger name brand behind it. Um, there are ways that they can incentivize and 
and make it work. Uh, so it should be uh, interesting to see. I, I love marketplace competition, but I don't think it moves the needle in either way. Interesting. I'm curious to know, Mando, go ahead. I'll, I'll ask the question after. No, as I said, they do a lot of like launch pad launches though, right? I, yeah, I, I see you doing the Izu XYZ launch. I, I saw you were uh, like interested in that. Alexander that loves that drop. He's like, he was even giving whitelist or lists away, right? Last night, Alex? Uh, yeah, dude. <laughs> I was given a hundred whitelists, so yeah, I'm super excited <laughs> about that. I was only given ten. Like, uh, did you actually do a giveaway for that? No, no, no. <laughs> no, I, I actually trolled it pretty heavy. Just when I saw the fourth uh, floor influencer share the same whitelist tweet, I'm like, God damn, Voltaire, what is he actually offering these sons of bitches to whitelist simp for him? And then I found out it was absolutely nothing, and then. You know, that's just a big L for the community. So, oh my God. I'm just trying to get Alex heated because once he's heated, he's going to go. See that hand raised? You know he's a menace now. Hopefully uh, I set him it, off. Go ahead. That was good. It, okay, good you know call. what? I'm going to go. Alex, you raise your... Uh, you go. Go ahead. You okay, no, no. It's cool. Uh, yeah, dude. I thought it was really shitty, like, marketing from Psychedelics Anonymous. That shit's selling out regardless. And, like, I knew a lot of those people... I don't think they're floor influencers. Some of them make like great fucking content. Like K Money, he makes videos that like go outside the ecosystem, bring in new people. And I'm like, dude, he has so much capability. And you're like gonna like you're like shitting on these people. Like in my opinion, I'm like, dude, you're supposed. To imagine like oh, other side. I said this like imagine other side. Other side runs out, rolls out that marketing campaign. You know, it's gonna be fucking laughed at. Like the thing is, dude. I wouldn't even say shit if it was just like a shitty project. But dude, Psychedelics Anonymous is not a shitty project. Vulture is not a shitty person. So like I gave my exactly. like, like dude, that that's like my whole argument. Like people are thinking yeah. like fucking shit right. just to talk shit. I'm like, no, bro. Like I want the ecosystem to do well. Like you guys are way more capable than what you guys rolled out. Like put me on there, dude. I'll fucking settle it. Like it's be so easy. You give me like a K money for a second. I'm you give me like a, a lore. Did you give me any of those people? Right? I'm gonna fucking push out some shit, bring in new people, bro. Like it just felt like it was just like, I don't know. Maybe they, they did this on purpose. Someone said this earlier. Like, dude, they did this on purpose for us to talk about it. Like, to, to bring up a talking point. Be like, hey, look no, how shitty they No, this wasn't on just, purpose. This wasn't on purpose. This was just really just being lazy. Even the dog has, a, has something to say, Alex. I'm, Even your the, dog is like, yo, I'm heated. He dude, feels like getting heated. Even for, like, giveaway shit. Like, this is so bad. Like, they didn't. Kevin is very, like, passionate. And when people talk too much and it seems bad, he's like, fuck it. I'm just not going to do it. I don't want anybody to say anything. So it's unfortunate that people just take shit out of proportion. And that's how you know the space is fucking bored. Because even the good things like that uh, try to get fudded. You can't fud. You can't fade PA. Sorry. So, so to go so to go back on topic here uh, regarding the, the, the launch pad, right? Because this whole conversation started because of the launch pad. Because, and, and, and I'll explain why it probably went down to the whole Voltura Pia thing. It's because uh, Magic Keen is coming to the space with a cross-chain mint, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, of the Izu. Um, and yesterday ETH launchpad, correct. Right, right. And it's, it's an ETH launchpad, etc., which raises the question about launchpads. Um, I have a lot of thoughts about launchpads. I personally think that a marketplace shouldn't necessarily have a launch pad. And the reason why I'm, I'm saying this is because it gets into this weird thing where like, well, if they launch a project and ends up being a rug, like full rug, a scam, or maybe ends up being a slow rug, it's not a good look on the platform. But again, some people make great points. Yes, I think it was King Fud, right, on your space, who made a good po counterpoint to me. So, well, Farouk, like, 
I think I'm pro Launchpad because what if we there's a lot of projects, everybody keeps getting scammed. And so what if they highlight a good project? Well, in this case, my reply is then I think there needs to be a lot, an excessive amount of due diligence behind the scenes by the marketplace, Magic Eden, OpenSea, et cetera. Like literally they have to have the founders docs, they have to know their plan, et cetera. Like, cause if you're going to launch efficiently through OpenSea, which is a $13 billion company, well, it was on the last race, I don't know now, but it's still like, you got to be careful. Like we've already had the Nate Chastain issue. We've already had a lot of issues towards the law and like to, in the eyes of the public. So God forbid a massive platform launches a rug. So Alex, I'm going to kick it back to you here uh, to get this convo going on Launchpads too, and, and your thoughts on, on this, because obviously Magic Eden is coming in, into the East side of things through a Launchpad launch. Um, and so I'm really curious about your thoughts on Launchpads. Dude, yeah, so it's been like an ongoing thing. I personally think they should separate it from the marketplace, like have like Magic Eden, I don't know, like create a new brand because yeah, dude, it affects the market. Whether they want to say so or not, it's going to affect your marketplace. And it's funny, like, it was so easy. Like, there's actually a market demand on Solana for, like, a pristine, quote-unquote, launch pad. I mean, we had this one called Bifrost. It launched one NFT, and then, like, immediately the community said, this is the best launch pad on, on Solana. So you got to think, like, Magic Eden's been launching shit for, on their launch pad for six months, and it took a, a launch pad one project to say, hey, this is going to be, like, the community launch pad. Like, we already think this is better after one single launch. So that's, like, how diluted their launch pad is. And that dilutes your brand. Like, they can they uh, they argue it all the time. Like, we get into this argument all the time. For, it sounds like we're on the same page here. Like, it should be disassociated with the marketplace. So you can create a launch pad and just not have, like, Magic Eden. Like, you need to cut all those ties, in my opinion. Because, yeah, man, like, you launch a rug. And it looks like shit for your entire marketplace. It, it, it happened on dude. Way, it happened you mentioned something to me yesterday, Alex. Didn't this just happen? Dude, this ex this scenario exactly happened with um Degen. Well, okay, okay. We need to like define what a rug is, but I'm gonna call that shit a rug. They launched Degen Town, it rugged, and then now but before that, dude, they launched something called balloons, but that was an actual rug. They had all the mint funds, so then they added like an escrow service, which doesn't uh, stop anyone from doing anything like lurk already disappeared so i consider that a rug when the founder disappeared bro that's what who the founder for dj town was it, it launched from magic he literally disappeared and you got to think like is that a rug i don't know like that's all that's like a whole different story that's like, a rug I'll, I'll just clear the deck <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean if the founder if the founder disappears this is i mean this is a rug um the whole good old like i'll let the community handle this <laughs> yeah we've seen that a lot on this side of the of the, of the chains alex We've seen it a lot. That's how they make those yeah. better, Alex. So then you got to like, does this affect the mark, the, the actual marketplace magic Eden? Like, I don't know. I personally like it leaves a stain, but dude, if you're the best on market, we talked about this as well. Like if you're the best marketplace, then you're, you're going to be getting the most. So they're the best marketplace, but Launchpad, dude, I feel like if they keep on doing this shit, they're going to just keep on diluting, diluting, diluting where people are like, okay, I really actually hate magic Eden at this point. I'm going to use something else. So one other argument to that is that, so if you look at the fungible tokens, the, you know, we, we used to have like the uh, ICO craze. We had like a lot of uh, essentially rugs, you know, that there were, uh, that was pretty awful. Um, and so what happened is that the distribution uh, platforms dictated the, um, through obviously like compliance, dictated the standard that should be adopted by tokens in terms of like audits, in terms of like how, uh, decentralization plan should happen, uh, the, 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 the team, and, and, and so on and so on. Uh, 
essentially like whoever had access to Coinbase uh, and and was you know satisfactory from a compliance and and I would say like user safety standpoint would essentially gain access to the distribution and then uh, do well. And I think that like there is an opportunity for Launchpads to actually set the path in terms of kind of like elevating the bar, you know, and and just like filtering out the 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 the, the rugs because if uh, if you kind of like own the platform that gives you the most distribution and as such kind of like allows the projects to do well, then it is an opportunity to kind of like set the bar very high and say like in order to launch on our, uh, uh, in order to launch essentially on our pad, you need to, you know, satisfy X, Y, Z and, and, and go pretty far with, with it. So I think that there is like an opportunity really to uh, also elevate the, like, elevate the bar from a, you know, a compliance and, 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 and user safety standpoint. Yeah. And just show a good example on that front. I don't think, I, I guess like yesterday, my, 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 even my take, like my opinion kind of changed like, well, okay, fine. I'm, I'm willing to be pro launchpad and, and support it, but I'd love to see, to know the background and the, like the due diligence. I'd love to actually have like an official thing. Like what is the amount of due diligence that was put in? I don't need to be promised like an eternal money glitch. But I just want to, like, the number go up. I just want to make sure that if I'm buying this NFT that was launched in an official marketplace, but we're naming OpenSea Magic because they're clearly the two biggest ones on each chain, right? So that's why we're using them as examples because all the eyes are on them. And so, and so if we're going to, if they're going to launch something, then it has to, we have to make sure that the people are not going to get rugged because people coming into the space are going to put their trust in the marketplaces first and foremost uh, before anything. Simon, I saw you try to interject a couple of times. Do you have any you, thoughts on, on the whole thing? Um, you know, whether it's Launchpad, but also whether it's on the whole like marketplace conversation, et cetera. Oh yeah. Well, uh, first of all, just it's awful what's happened over there. I don't want to bring back like the conversation on soul um, and the hack, but uh, with the marketplaces, my thesis is like being confirmed more and more every day. Like, these marketplaces are going to become a race to zero, pretty much lowering prices and offering incentives for users to come on. And obviously right now we don't have um, mass adoption yet, but if we're looking five years out, maybe even less, maybe longer, who fucking knows? That's the truth. Um, I've always used this metaphor kind of explaining to like people from the traditional entertainment world or other spaces that don't really understand here where it's like, you look at the blockchain, like, a lot of us understand the different aspects and different technologies behind whether it's ETH, Sol, Near, any of these other protocols. And I say look at them as if they're your telecom service provider. They're your AT&T, they're your Verizon. Like that's what allows you to operate across the network. And now I'm kind of viewing these marketplaces as almost like, okay, what do you go when you're on the network? Are you looking at Netflix, Amazon, HBO? So I really think that's where a lot of these marketplaces are going to be moving more towards in the long term. Like, how do they keep you in the marketplace, quote unquote, ecosystem? And they're going to expand much beyond the marketplace. And as more people come into the space, like you said, just in your last comment, Farouk, like, I don't think mass adoption will mean I want to buy something for number to go up. I really think mass adoption will be about the experience and what you get out of being inside of a project, entertainment in real life. So it's less about number go up and more about what these marketplaces are providing you to keep you in the ecosystem. 
So it's going to become a major competition as prices go down. How are these marketplaces going to get additional revenue streams or eyeballs for retention, prevent churn into their users? And that's going to become through exclusive IP, big name talent. How do they onboard new people in and keep providing you know, those experiences so you don't leave Magic Eden, so you don't leave OpenSea, so you stay in there just the same way Amazon Prime or uh, Apple uh, doesn't care about if they make money back on their films. It's a loss leader to keep you in their overall ecosystem. And I really think that's where we're going to move in this space. Um, and I'm really intrigued to kind of see it play out. Uh, it's, it's exciting. And I think, you know, you're going to see a lot of minimum guarantees. And then you look at the top level, it's like, okay, now you're going to start having the blockchains as well competing for that IP. And it's just a game to the t- uh, highest level of it. Uh, I think it's great for the ecosystem. It doesn't mean that speculative assets are going to go away. We're just going to see a whole different version of the asset class continue to mature. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I'm actually really curious on the Magic Eden side when they come in. Like, are they going to highlight mostly ETH NFTs or Solana NFTs and whatnot? Because, you know, there's obviously a war for the front page usually going on, right? For everything. Like, there's only limited real estate. I'm curious to see if they're going to fall into this. I think... I, Alex, I'm curious, and I also want to ask Daramola here, because obviously Solmola, you, you're the, one of the people that was talking to us about Solana on this stage. Like, you're in something, go. So definitely you're, you're tapped in. Alex, curious to know your thoughts. Do you think this whole move to ETH, I think it's more of a positive slash push help towards the ETH side, because we get to have another platform where people can, like, compete on, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera versus soul it sounds like magic eden is actually trying to tap into another customer base and then but i don't know if it helps the other side as much because the eth people the eth folks if they wanted to buy salon nfts by now they would have done it like they would have gone magic eden and, and, and bought their nfts but it seems like it's more of a one like i'm not saying it's not a two-way street doesn't help the other side but i have a feeling it kind of helps the ethereum side more than it does on the solana one what do you think on that Oh, dude, 100% agree with exactly what you said, dude. This is more beneficial to the ETH NFTs because now, like, Solana motherfuckers are going to be seeing ETH all over their front page, and they're just going to, like, think about it more. So I think it's a net positive for ETH. Actually, it is going to take away from Solana because I think that what we saw on OpenSea, dude, like, everyone saw the Soul NFTs, and they are like, oh, this is going to be – like, OpenSea was like this – I don't know if, like, ETH people, like, we're going to have the Soul people on ETH, but all that happened was you kept on seeing, like, Soul NFTs after Soul NFTs on the front page, so then – it actually like, helped Soul, like, and it hurt OpenSea, like, their like, so the user base is more ETH. I feel like it even, like, it, it, like, added more volume to Soul versus what you would have thought, like, okay, we have all these Soul people on OpenSea, now they're going to be buying ETH NFTs, but what happened was all the ETH people started buying Soul NFTs, so I think that's kind of like what we may see is, like, Soul people may start buying ETH NFTs, maybe. And yeah. all, everything I said is not financial. Apparently, people say I'm giving financial advice. So everything you're not said, giving financial advice. You're, okay. You have not given a single financial advice. NFA, DYOR, as usual. I, I don't think I've heard Alex give any uh, Well, according advice. to Alex, I just converted all my ETH to Soul. So if it goes down, I, I know where to find and you. you. Got uh, Alex, and you got it. Lo- and you and then it got stolen right away. And but Alex, I have one question for you really quick. And this could even be for Dermal too, because I, I know he's on there a lot. Like, is the reason... Like you've been so heavily into Solana, is it because like the price and transaction, or is it more like you really dig what like the overall Solana is trying to build? Uh, I guess the only reason I'm asking that is because okay, if it's about price and transaction, like if something else came along cheaper and faster, would you say okay, screw this, we're going to go move over to that protocol, or is it more about like you really dig what Sol is trying to do long term? Uh, yeah. yeah, so there's multiple answers to what you just said. 
so like I started on ETH and like I'm more of like I'm not very good at buying on secondary. Like I know where my skill sets lie and that's like minting and then selling for profit. Like that's the only thing I'm good at. And I was doing that on ETH when I first started. But then like mints started slowing down, slowing down, slowing down until the point where it was like there was almost no mints on ETH at this point. And like really now it's even more exaggerated. Like the, the there's like almost impossible to raise initial capital on ETH versus like Solana, dude. It's still like they have like they're they're gonna they're heading that way. So I feel like ETH is like three months in advance, like on everything. Like if you want to know what's gonna happen on Solana, it already happened on ETH three months uh, in advance. So that's my whole thing, man. Is like being able to 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 mint for profit and like. I'm not after like the fastest and lowest transaction because if that was the case, man, I'd be trading on near. So there's also like liquidity thing on Solana versus near. So it's, it's, there's, there's multiple things, Simon. Cool. I think GM, Simon, GM, everyone was popping, my brother, dude. I think it, it's it's a concerted perspective, right? Because I mean, I look at myself, right? I was I was trying to do a lot over on the east side of things but i think there's also a business angle to it right like i get the gist about blockchains and the effectiveness of one chain over the other but there's also perspective to be set for trying to build something and and trying to also look at like the barrier to entry and i think eth as as very much you know as open as it is and welcoming quote unquote as some eth people are which i hate that tag between one and the other which is why i'm all for what magic eden is doing um but like i think for me personally at least when i moved over to solana i just saw something early and i saw an opportunity to create and build something there now obviously it also helped that there was an effectiveness to how the chain uh essentially functioned with regards to speed and and all the above so i mean talking about like how people deal on solana it's it's very much sometimes as a, as a founder it's it's almost almost very frustrating seeing the trade-in i mean i I like the trade-in energy but the trade-in method sometimes it's almost like solana is like you know dgens live here like so i'm actually curious to see um solana people buy eth nfts and list them for below min price that'd be really really funny you know (laughs) they're gonna they're about people about to see the best undercutters in the game they're about to see the best on you know what's funny about it? Cause I remember when Borioku Dragons did the thing and they had the Akuma Dragons. Dude, like it was literally a running joke in our Discord where you could see literally see people listing the Akuma Dragons for and I was like, Yeah, this is definitely so energy on on, on on dude, I mean, aren't we all? But like at the end of the day, bro, like I just think, you know, there's something to be said about like and just to go back to the magic eating conversation, I'm not I'm not a pro magic eden speak or anything but there's something that they figured out that a lot of marketplaces just haven't got a hang hang off and OpenSea specifically i remember when OpenSea started doing integrations with uh solana it almost felt like hey we're gonna gift you a spot to be able Bro, to that was insert. terrible and it, it was it dude, was an absolute that's why the first bam. thing i mentioned when mm-hmm. i introduced that magic eden is a, you can tell the successful so far the marketing is extremely successful just Bro. and just they are the numbers and they are accessible. I mean, I, I've met like a lot of them like earlier, like last year doing Art Basel here in Miami and all the above. So and, and I got the chance to speak to a lot of them. But like, here's the thing. Like, I remember even with my project in particular, um, I remember like some of the OpenSea guys being like, hey, by the way, you know, put us in your bio and then we're going to, you know, mention you, uh, you know, and, I, and I'm like, 
I'm, it was almost like, man, please, bro, leave that, bro. I'm okay. Like, I'm okay over here. And then watching Magic Eden, like, watching social interaction, like, the way they go back and forth, the way they respond to a whole lot of the BS that has happened. Because, you know, the, and then there's also the perspective, and I'll say this and I'll, and I'll draw my line, right? There's also the perspective where a lot of people really give them flack for, and this is my thought. Some people will not agree with me, um, but a lot of people really give them flack for like people who rug. I think there definitely is. There needs to be a sense of accountability. Yes. And I think especially with, with the Balloonsville situation, they, they show that they could be accountable. Uh, but unfortunately, this is the space we're in um, when things like yesterday happened. You know, like no one is safe from it, right? Um, like we, we've had this thing with one of one art being heavily butted now because all of a sudden people see money and flipping one of one art. Um, and some some people were like knocking like um, this uh, space called Exchange Art that deals particularly in one of ones, and they were like, "Well, you know, this is what it is. Like these people are getting bought." And I'm like, "Bro, everybody gets bought. Like even freaking StockX and like Cause releases get bought. Like it just is part of the game." So I think a lot of people give Magic Eden flack for not like vetting and not doing all that uh and like simon said you know he mentioned something about the direction towards which a lot of these spaces will go i just personally think that with regards to magic eden right i think they've made a very very great argument for why they figured out how to make this thing happen this web three thing or this web three marketplace thing now as far for as far as solana is concerned that's a completely different ball game but i believe and i'll say this and I'll, and I'll cap it off i believe that we're going to get to that point as an ecosystem um even on the cross chain level on a multi-chain level right where people start to make more concerted um investment like decisions and choices you always have your bots you always have your dgens it's the name of the game um, and yeah, that's that's my perspective on everything. Yeah, some great perspective. Uh, Shanice, I see your hands raised. What's up? I love when Darren Mola speaks. Um, such a legend. I, I but... love you. <laughs> I got a link, man. I'm in Miami too. But, um, Let's you go. know, Magic Eden is um, 100% executing from a business marketing standpoint, executing. And they have their foot on the gas. And um, as long as they continue to deliver, and I was going to bring up the balloons situation, but, you know, Darren Mola said it perfectly. Um, they showed, you know, where they stand with this with this community and what it means to them. And um, definitely, you know, know the, the founding team personally. And, I, and I've interacted uh, quite a bit to even know, OK, wow, these people are really like. They're really genuinely trying to make a difference in this space. They want to know what the fuck is OpenSea doing wrong so we could do it right, which right there is that's cool. That's awesome. Um, the launchpad conversation, I can see why it's like, OK, that's kind of weird for like ETH things. Definitely agree. But the only reason I really could appreciate it is because they do fully um, vet the founder and make sure they, they get them doxxed. And does that always mean everything? Obviously not. Right. We've seen some things already. Um, but I think it's it makes it makes a a new lane of like, hey, we should probably be doing that, right? For like OpenSea, we probably would have saved a lot of money in the ecosystem if OpenSea was vetting or, you know, seeing if projects are legitimate or not. So again, it's it's still a gray area. We're still trying to be decentralized, but um, I'm I'm bullish on ME just because they are trying to do something different, right? They're they're showing that they're obviously showing that. So yeah, I I like when when you know at the end of the day, like I, I'm. I very much agree with where it's Simon, uh, Alex, I've seen tweet about that a lot. It's only better for the consumer. 
and for us at the end of the day and the participants, uh, if people want to come and just fight for attention and, and buying power, et cetera, uh, definitely more than welcome to. Keith, I'd love to hear your take on all of this. GM, I mean, you know, I'd love to hear your, your, your what you think about another bigger marketplace coming on the east side and all this conversation we're having right now. I think you've dabbled in Solana too. I have. Uh, so GM, GM, I'm not, I mean, right now, like, I mean, I, I don't own any Solana. I sold it a few weeks ago, all of it. And you know that because I just didn't like the move with the vote against the whale uh, that had the sort of defunct wallet and like they didn't know what they were going to do. And then my concern with Solana is, is I love it, like theoretically, and I'm rooting for it. And I want it to do great stuff. I just can't stomach from a personal perspective. Like it, it just is always another issue, right? And so, and last night was a great example of it. Um, I hope that they get through it, um, and I hope they navigate it because I think it's important. But you know, like a few things I would just say is, you know, when you entered into the Solana NFT space a while back broke like I, I went on to Magic Eden I personally thought and I thought you said it really well I thought the Magic Magic Eden experience was like watching high definition television versus the open sea experience which was more like like regular television um, I thought it was a better consumer experience um, personally uh, the problem I think that that the collectible space is going to have because you know, I was in earlier, but then I got a phone call and I had to hop. You know, like, ultimately, when this all mainstreams, like, no consumer is going to care about what blockchain they're on. Like, uh, so, like, right now is, like, a really good competitive moment for blockchain competition. But, like, ultimately, nobody cares where, what the blockchain is. It's the consumer level at the highest level. When it becomes tickets, when it becomes, you know, residuals on textbooks, when it come, becomes everything else that's bigger than just the collectible space. Um, the problem I'm thinking about that I, I, and I don't have an opinion on it is, you know, the best technology doesn't always win. And I think we have to just recognize that, right? Like they're in marketing and in, in IT used to be this great saying that was like, nobody ever got fired for buying IBM. Right. And that actually perpetuated IBM for many, 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 many years, gave them a huge advantage. And you know, like OpenSea is essentially the IBM of Web3, right? Like it's not, it's not great, not horrible. It's functional and it's where everyone goes to buy and sell. Um, and so like, like, like while I want to root for Magic Eden and I want to root for Solana, uh, like, like ultimately I don't care what marketplace I buy my NFT on. You know, I, I said this a while back Buying an NFT is sort of, uh, you know, like the marketplace is sort of like if you're going to go buy a watch, like you could buy it at Tourneau and pay a premium because you bought it at Tourneau, or you could buy it, you know, on 47th Street in New York City, at like an unknown place for 20% cheaper. And the second you put it on, nobody knows that you bought it at Tourneau or at the place on 47th Street. So nobody really cares. And so like all of these marketplaces... So that matter is how I look at it, right? And, uh, you know, if Magic Eden starts accepting ETH, amazing. If, you know, if OpenSea can start to figure out how to get 
Solana NFTs going, amazing. You know, like I, I couldn't care less about the blockchain, right? I just, I, I do think Magic Eden has a much better consumer experience, um, easier to use, uh, felt faster, more seamless. Uh, it's just like, as much as I'm dying to diversify, let's say time pieces to different blockchains, like I, I, after last night, like I'm like very hard pressed to want to say like, oh, well, yeah, I feel you want another, another shot. Like it just feels like it's every day, every day, another thing. Um, I will say this, that uh, earlier Alex was talking. I'm very tired today. I had a terrible night's sleep, but Alex was talking. I agreed with everything Alex said. Um, and I was blown away by how fast he could talk. I thought I was the fastest talker. But he, he fully talked like 10 times faster than me. He's like the micro machines <laughs> man. And if you've never seen what I'm talking about when I say the micro machines man, just go onto YouTube and Google micro machines man. And when, I'm, when you're done Googling micro machines man, Google Farouk squash championship. Stop it. Watch, watch a 12-year-old Farouk destroy a kid who's 12 times his size in squash in an eight-minute feature that is just absolutely amazing. But uh, that's my <laughs> soliloquy on this. Is like, I don't really give a shit about the blockchain. I don't care about what blockchain it is, like, at the end of the day. I just want it to be a great, seamless consumer experience. And, you know, like, we are seeing a lot of flaws that keep emerging with Solana. I think this is fair. It's a, you know what? I like the honest and fair statement of, like, I like, I don't care about chains, etc., I just want a good consumer experience. And I think, I think like, cause you, you kind of like described it from a, a new consumer's um, a perspective that comes in and they see, you're not even trying to hate. It's just honest. Like, look, I saw the exploit, the whole dormant whale thing that you were talking about that was planning on selling, you know, they took ownership, whatever the whole thing that I remember when you sold all your stuff that you're like, I'm tired of it. I'll see, you know, I could use my funds somewhere else. And I'll see what happens, you know, later. I think it's, it's an honest criticism. That doesn't mean they're not going to get better and this is not working on. But, you know, I think for the time being, um, I'd like to hear your take, especially on also the, the marketplace side. Um, Keith, any, what about Cardano NFTs? I, I don't know. <laughs> Why are you trying to kill list. your listeners like that, bro? What are you, do, what are you doing, bro? <laughs> I don't know enough. I don't know enough to speak logically. It, it's a trap. Enough. It's a trap, right? Keith. I'm size entertain. number go down. I, I will not. I will not. I will not entertain Cardano conversations because I don't know enough about them. But if anyone can, <laughs> can at me what they think is really interesting, I'd love to check it out. What a great um, way to deflect the trap. This is why he's the president of time. You're just perfect at this shit. Um, Fubar, I saw you raise your hand. Uh, Darren Molotow and then, of course, Alex, since Keith addressed something you said, if you want to go. Fubar, go ahead. Yeah, I thought you made some really interesting points, Alex, about kind of the commoditization of marketplaces and blockchains in general. Uh, throwing a question out there. Right now, we see somewhat separate cultures across blockchains and collections and whatnot. You've got the ETH, ETH NFTs tend to be, have, say, one culture, Solana is a little more casino esque. You look at Tezos before it imploded and that was very focused on art do you think that we see emerging and homogenization of styles and projects and whatnot or um do you or do you think that marketplaces and projects that specifically tailor themselves to a single blockchain will thrive Ooh, 
Good question. Who wants to take that question? Keep your hands raised. So I'll, hold on. I have a very weird long-term view on this. Okay, my view on this is: look at like what's happening with PayPal. Look at what's happening with Mastercard. Look at what's happening with with Moonpay. Look at what's happening with Visa, and even American Express. American Express that said they didn't believe in this space just announced a consensus that they were doing a crypto rewards card, right? I honestly think that what we see over the coming 18 to 24 months is mass consumers do not even think about the crypto aspect. Like, I don't even think the word NFT is going to be used in two years' time. I think the technology moves to the background, and I think that all of the cultures that exist today that I think you're correct on homogenize into different things like, are you in the collectible space? Are you in the utility space? Are you, you know, like, what is the experience? I think they merge around, cultures will either emerge around probably collectibles, but like in the experiences, like I don't think any culture emerges from people who want to buy Ticketmaster and see the Ticketmaster is using NFTs, you know, instead of, you know, an analog digital experience. And so I actually think it all over time goes away. I think that the consumer doesn't even realize in two years to three years time that they're even using an NFT, that it's literally just efficiently and effectively making all the interactions behind the scenes and that they have zero clue what blockchain they're on. And like what we're seeing right now is everyone fighting for sort of inclusion in whatever the dominant change will be for, for interactivity. And there'll be multiple ones on L1s and L2s. That would be my, my longer term answer to that question. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I, I really like this take. One of the reasons why I'm really bullish on what Polygon's building uh, in the background, et cetera, we've talked about it a lot. Uh, Keith, real quick oh, question for Keith: What what uh what beach are you by? Because those waves just sound so good. And like, how many? How many? Are you walking? Are you walking in a circle right now? Or are you walking like ten I, feet up and down backwards? I know I, you're walking. I have not been on vacation in over three years. Okay, I am not on vacation. I'm working, but I took a house in Sea View off of Fire Island for the month of August with the only intent of seeing if I can get my pasty, 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 white ass a little bit tan and just decompress a little bit and, and be able to relax. Um, I don't turn off, right? So like, like this is a great space for me. Like I love that at any given moment, like every one of you are in a room and like if I have a downtime or a free minute, like I can learn so much and we can have these conversations. So like, I don't need a relaxation vacation, but it's a nice change of scenery. And I'm walking up and down the beach. You love to hear it. And uh, definitely check your steps after that. I, I walk in circles around my apartment when I host. Daramola, I want to hear your thoughts here. Yo, I, I love, real Keith, I love the sound of the beach. It, it gives me, uh, I'm so ready for my vacation next week. So enjoy that, please. Um, Thank you. I also uh, feel like I can make a really contentious comment. Like I could be like, throat fucking sucks. And like the beach sound is so nice that like everyone would totally ignore it. <laughs> is, is that contentious? <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. That was good. No, nah, but not but nice. I, I... <laughs> that's funny. But no, nah, I, I think just just a quick uh, 
just a quick perspective drop, right? I, I think successful organizations and successful companies and every successful invention that went, and when I say success, I mean marketing-wise, like uh, adoption-wise and all the above. I think they're all predicated by strong cultures. And this might be an unpopular opinion, but in, in, in the very reality of things, I think we are a tribalistic set of people. Idealistically, like we, we want to you know, obviously believe in the multi-chain future. Hence why a lot of these companies are making a play for, you know, trying to integrate and, and trying to utilize both or take advantage of both spaces, uh, predominantly right now in this space. But here's the reality. I think everyone goes where there's attention. I think attention predicates, uh, I think culture comes before that. And if there's something that's built and that something is adopted across the boards, and I think it works successfully. So, you know, speaking about Magic Eden, I think there's a place for them in that they're trying to essentially gauge or move towards certain or setting up culture in a sense. And if they can achieve that, then that's 100. As far as Solana is concerned, um, I, I just want to throw this out there. There's still um, a lot of, you know, speculation on exactly what type of exploit and, and how everything went down last night. From what I've heard so far and, and just following in with Anatoly and uh, a bunch of people on the team, it's not an internal uh, it's not an internal blockchain problem with regards to Solana. I think it was something um, obviously an external exploit. And, and I think there's a lot of blame going around or a lot of chatter about iOS and mobile wallets and all the above. Nothing is, is concrete yet. And, and just to add one more thing, Keith, like I, I understand your perspective especially as a business owner building a business you want to build it on the most stable front for your company to thrive and all the above um it's interesting i think we're still very i mean we, we were saying we're early a year ago i remember being on rug radio spaces and the the theme was essentially oh we're super early and we're still early and we're still er <laughs> exactly and we're still early so i think there's time for a lot of these things to be built and developed. And finally, a lot of people look at Solana. You know, there's always that argument about decentralization and oh, it can shut down. Or it already went down three times this year and all the above. Like, I'll just encourage people to really take a second to educate themselves on exactly what's, what's being accomplished or what Solana as an organization, as a company, is trying to accomplish within the sphere of, like, the blockchain and Web3 and exactly where we're going to. Some people are like, okay, privacy and, like, um, some people are like, okay, you know, decentralization. And then some people are like, well, we want to onboard people to utilize this technology. Uh, and we're not necessarily worried about the tags, centralization, decentralization. I know that's a whole nother conversation, but yeah, I just wanted to drop that in there. No, that's that's a good assessment. It's it's just, you know, it's the headlines, right? Like even now, like there's still some companies that are scared of joining NFTs as a whole because the headlines are NFTs are Ponzi's or scams, this and that. We know exactly. that what happened yesterday is not probably not because we don't know 100% what's going on, but a like a blockchain problem but when i i understand keith's point of view when he comes in as like the president of time right no of and course it's like he, he has to like and then this happens it's just like on the on the brand so i kind of i kind of get the outside uh, perspective it. looking on the inside from I mean, even though obviously keith is extremely tapped into web3 alex i see wait, your hands wait, 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 wait. yeah i just want one go ahead yeah so no, you're Dermola, fine. Dermola, i actually agree with you that like we are tribalistic people but the tribalism does not necessarily come from the technology, okay? And, like, I think that that's a super important differentiator, right? If I was to ask every person, how many Qualcomm chips do you have in your, you know, in your devices versus how many Intel chips do you have, none of you would care or know. Ironically, ironically, 
there was a point in the rise of the sort of computing age that everyone knew that they had a 486. Intel's slogan was Intel inside, right? Like, let's not forget that, right? Everyone knew that they had a Pentium. Everyone knew what their chips were. Remember when Mac went over to the PowerPC? Keith, chip, I, like, I have the uh, Apple. I have the Apple M1 actually. Um, right, but but <laughs> but like you're, you, but like we're tribalistic around certain things, but it's not around like infrastructural. Like I'm not a Cisco tribalist, right? No, no one, one, Keith, one hundred percent. I think, yeah. and I, I hear, I, I'm. That's why I'm saying it's more about cultures. Yeah. And the cultures, I, I don't know that cultures are built on how a tech, people respond to quote unquote technology. Like a car gets me from point A to point B, electric or gas. I mean, would I love to get an electric car? Absolutely. Am I going to get one? Absolutely. But I think it's more, and I get what you're saying with, with, with the, the conversation about like the technology. Like, I don't think anyone is waking up in the morning, but here's the reality though. And this is why I said what I said. And I, I don't want to hear your take on this because we're in a space that's heavily predicated by a knowledge, quote unquote, or at least some people have a knowledge, and then some people fake it out here about tech, technology. Like people will literally tell you, "Did you read the white paper?" And this, and a lot of those people exist here, and a lot of those people swear by the technology. Like I have a slogan; it's not that deep. You would almost think that somebody somewhere was paying people to promote Solana, and somebody somewhere was paying people to promote Ethereum. Hence, why uh, I speak it like that. I have a great slogan by Winston Churchill, which is. I've never gotten indigestion from eating my own words. And I also have one that says, I never hold my principles so high that I can't adjust them to meet the situation at hand, right? And I think that a lot of people have very vested interests. Keith, that reminds, me of a, that reminds me of a quote my uh, dad used to tell me. If my grandma had balls, she would have been my grandpa. <laughs> right? I don't know what type of fucked up family you come from, Simon. But <laughs> That quote is true. I can interject. It's very famous. Why, why Simon? Does it, I don't know if that quote is still true in 2022. Um, and, there are all, I don't, I, all I know is I don't want to be in the tribe of the Simon family. Okay? Yeah, no, de like, definitely. My grandma does not have balls, but okay. So, <laughs> I can't so, believe this is where this is digressed to. No, I, I agree with you. Like It does feel like that, that people are pushing agendas more than, than necessary. But like one thing, one thing that is important, right, is... Like this one question of where is the next hundred million people going to enter into the space, right? And like, I think I genuinely, in my heart, believe that the next hundred million people are definitively entering into the space very fast, right? Uh, I just don't believe that they're going to come in as collectors, right? I think that there's going to be a collector community, right? That's going to be tribalistic. And I think that there's going to be the technological sort of enablement community, which is just going to be. You know, look at Pearson saying that they're going to use NFTs to track secondary sales of their textbooks, right? Like, there's going to be no community that's going to arise out of that, but it's just going to be an efficiency play for an industry. Yeah, I disagree with you, uh, Keith. And, like, if you look at, the, for example, the way, like, Instagram is, is building it, um, it's really not about, you know, the financialization aspects. It's purely about... Uh, essentially just the way it's being uh, it's being displayed purely and having access to some form of like signaling around you know what is an nft what isn't uh, but i i think it, it really comes back to the thing that you mentioned as to like people not even knowing that like this is a nft 
below, you know, like the, 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 the underlying technology is an NFT, right? Like it could be, it could be anything really. And the, uh, the, the NFT is the, the, the container to provide information as to like, what is, uh, where that can come from, you know, who created it, when, and, and, and that's it. Just, just one thing on the Instagram example, like, you know, um, there's a great book by, uh, Joshua Ramo called, um, uh, the seventh sense, uh, and it's the rise and power. It's the rise and fall of power in networked worlds. And he makes a really good point about like networks are actually um, the power structure of networks occur in their core, right? Even if they're centralized or decentralized, like who are the people that make the decisions that ultimately enable? I say this only because like Instagram's core is ultimately Meta, and Meta's core ultimately is about how do we retain as many people on our platform and monetize on our platform as possible. And so like, I think it's important to look at Instagram's actions through the lens that, that benefits them as a network, right? Which is like, I actually think it's really crazy that Twitter has emerged as the ironically centralized external communication platform of a decentralized movement where artists are moving a lot of their work when Instagram should have been that, but Instagram's not allowing artists to make money off of it, but Instagram has no problem making money off of it, which is the one, one area where it's like, it's crazy to me that they continue to make those moves. And they're very obvious. Yeah, they are. And I'm, I'm curious to where they go. Alex, uh, so we're, we're going to close our series seven, seven minutes past the time we usually go to. And this is a really, really good conversation. I'm really grateful for, for, all, the, for all the speakers today and this insightful convo. Thankfully, it's all recorded. It'll be posted across all, all uh, you know, audio platforms, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, and all that good stuff you can find there. Obviously, it's recorded here on Twitter Spaces. But Alex, you were our special guest today, and you've had your hand raised. Definitely want to go to you uh, to close us out. Yeah, dude. Uh, I want to point out, I'm not like a Solana Maxi at the slightest. And the first thing that happened last night, I was like, dude, what the fuck? Like, if I'm looking from the outside, bro, who the fuck would want to adopt this? Like, this set, Solana back. Like, I understand, like, the the argument of Solana. Like, you have these $500,000 bases, and you're like, dude, like, what if the blockchain goes down? Now I have a five, I have a half million dollars trapped onto this chain, and I can't even get it off. So, yeah, dude, I can already see. And now that set it further back, that there's an exploit. So, like, you got a question, like, if you can't question your fucking investments, dude, then you're probably making bad investments. So, and like, that tells me also like, okay, now I want to go full circle. Like why NFTs then? So you're thinking like, I'm looking at like Frank from D guys, right? He's a start. He's a bit, he did very successful startups in his past life. And dude, what a better way to raise initial capital than NFTs. It's like skips the whole formality thing. So you give these entrepreneurs, you bring in the smartest minds on the fucking planet. You're like, hey, man, I know you have this great fucking idea. You can't go the formal route. Maybe you can, but it takes a lot more time. So we can pump out more ideas and fund them. So we can move the, the like technology. Just like, hum- like even get like humanity, bro. Like, look at that far. But I mean, you, it's like a double-edged sword that you also have all these fucking people taking advantage of the situation. So I think we're currently in like this learning phase and dude, for, I think like going for, further in the future, we're just going to see like it slow down a little bit more and more. And like the, just the investors are going to get smarter and smarter. And like, dude, what a great opportunity for someone like I'm going to keep on using Frank for, for just the moment. Right. So this applies to like every founder that's doing really well in the space. So just using Frank just because it's easy. So like now it gives me opportunity to invest in someone like Frank, bro. Like he's very young. I don't know if his age is doc, but he's very young. And now I get like a big chunk of like his 
like mind almost and like what he his idea like it's giving investors a great opportunity it's giving founders great so like the opportunity here is fucking massive bro it's bringing in the smartest minds so like i'm really bullish on nfts it's not like a blockchain thing for me it's like literally businesses getting in early and everyone getting a big big win yeah i i there's no better words to end on than that where i think this is uh, uh, this is something that a lot of people here are feeling a lot of people uh, agree with. You know, it's we're all bullish on the NFTs as technology. And, and then whatever happens next, whichever, um, you know, chain this and that, we'll, it, we'll see how things evolve. Obviously, we're more bullish on the Ethereum side of things on this side, you know, Rugby being an Ethereum company, etc. But it's important to always, you know, keep your options open and to be curious, I think. On, on everything else happening in, on, in other ecosystems so you don't get left behind, especially as a founder. So a big thank you to everyone for coming in today. I could keep going, but, you know, unfortunately slash fortunately, I do have, you know, my own project to attend to right now and get things rolling. Uh, obviously super excited. If you don't have a Rug Radio NFT yet, definitely hop on OpenSea. And soon, I guess, Magic Eden, look up Rug Radio and get yourself a Genesis NFT and join us. Uh, it's so nice to-, to hear you hawk your product, bro. Dude, you know what, Keith? Oh I'm God, taking a, so I'm nice taking a pitch you from actually- your book. No, do the insurance guy for us. You actually, like, talk about the fact that you have an NFT. By the way, I know. It's kind you of know awesome. I, I, I got tired of not shilling my own shit, and I'm going to do it even more and more. So, you know, get on OpenSea, X2Y2, any marketplace, looks rare, soon on Magic Eden, and get yourself a Rug Radio NFT, and let's build the future of media together. A big shout out and kudos to my co host, OSF and Mendo. A big thank you to our special guest, Alex Shillin Villain. I'm really hyped uh, for everything you got going on, and uh, definitely you, you should check him out. Follow him. Uh, if you're looking, if you're listening to the record on another platform, it's Shillin, Shillin, sorry, S-H-I-L-L-I-N and underscore villain. So V-I-L-L-I-A-N. Definitely uh, you're in for some entertainment there. Uh, let me tell you all that to to our guests who came in today. Uh, Keith, Daramola, King Blackboard, Simon, Loxley. We had Shanice on stage earlier. Uh, we had Nas, as usual, hopping us on the security side. Fubar, special guest. That was fun. So I'll see you all tomorrow morning. 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Actually, tomorrow, we have the Chief of Experience Officer of Ledger coming on stage and the VP of NFTs at Ledger. So it's going to be a really good fucking show. So I'll see you all tomorrow morning for another episode of GM NFTs on Rug Radio. Peace out. Peace. And it's a beautiful day. To have a beautiful day. A GM, GM. On this beautiful day. Have a beautiful day, DMGM, Rock Radio. Whoops, Keith called me during the jingle. <laughs> Let me, Rock peace out. Hey, Rock Radio. You already know. See y'all.